So I was really thankful for the worship because I feel like the worship hits us at a different place in ourselves than like just talking. And I, I feel like the spirit really was moving there. And, um, and even just the songs that you chose, Lisa, were really helpful. Like the first one about um, light in the darkness. Um, I think that the darkness doesn't like the light. And I think we were meant to live in the light. You know, Jesus is the light of the world, but for some reason we tend to gravitate towards the darkness just because we feel shame about our sin sometimes. And even that word sin is a hard word because it just, I think if you've grown up in, in a place where sin made you feel bad um, and the answer to that was to do something I don't know, religious to try to fix it, something, I don't know, like a work to fix it, then you could feel negative. That makes any sense. And it just is a heavy word. So, but I still the word sin is, is an important word to deal with because it's it's everywhere in the Bible. But I think it actually is is just like a reality check. And it's 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 a, uh, something to you know to not run away from and to realize that that nothing separates us from the love of God, not even our sin. So we're reminded about that. On Friday, Bob led a Bible study about, um, about being ready for Jesus' return. And so are we ready for Jesus' return? I think that's not something we really talk about very often, but like in the last couple of years, we've seen that, you know, anything can happen where, you know, suddenly we lose a loved one or, you know, anything can happen, not that we have to just live in fear about we might die sometime, but I think it's always good to, you know, to, to number our days, because the scripture says number your days. In other words, realize that, you know, we're not going to be on this earth for infinity and just number our days. That means just kind of be aware of the fact that, uh, that we're human beings and we have a lifespan and that should, that should, um, be something that influences the way that we live, right? Like we should live each day as if it maybe we're the last day, like even the way that we deal with each other and um, our thoughts and everything, because we can tend to think, oh, well, when I have everything together, I'll be a nicer person, or when, my, when I'm not so grumpy, I'll be a nicer person <laughs> or something like that. But um, I think that it's, it's not so much about what's, do this hard thing of being perfect, but it's more like let's let the light shine into the dark areas. And, and I think that's how we can be ready for Jesus, you know, for his return. And so today I want to talk a little bit about the word confession, which is another kind of religious word. It can be for some people, and it can bring up shame also. But I think it's actually an invitational word. What I mean by that is it's a word that invites us to freedom and invites us to walk through a door that might feel scary and might feel uncomfortable, but it is a door that leads to, uh, to feeling actually better, even though we can maybe feel a little bit uncomfortable in doing that in the beginning. So um, I'm thankful for the scriptures that talk about how we all need to do this. We all need to confess. You know, if we don't do that, um, you know, we're, we're going to be miserable. And do we always need to confess? Or is the Christian life just like, 
like this. Like we start here, we just get better and better and better and better and better, 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 better Christians. Or is it like, I don't know about you, but for me, my life as a Christian, you know, can have some dips, can have, have some highs and some lows. It's not just like I'm always continually going up and up every minute. And so, I mean, we're told in songs that uh, that we're blessed when our sins are forgiven. Okay, it's a blessing to come to a place where where we can, you know, be relieved of the consequences for our mistakes the way we hurt other people, and the way other people hurt us. So it says here, blessed is the one, in Psalm 32, verse 1, whose sins are forgiven, whose sin is covered. Now, when we're here, I want to stop for a second. Covered, not meaning like covering up, but covered by what? By whom? Anybody know? The blood of Jesus. That's what covers our sin, not us hiding or trying to pretend we're better or denying it or justifying it, but it's covered by the blood of Jesus. So blessed is the person against whom the Lord counts no iniquity. In other words, that our sin isn't like weighing heavy against us. And in whose spirit there's no deceit. So when we don't come to the light, we're deceiving ourselves, right? We are What's deceiving? deceiving is like what is it, Bob? Lying. Like lying, lying to ourselves and lying to others. Okay, so we're blessed if we don't try to justify what we did. It's like, well, that person did that. Of course I'm gonna do that. You know, of course that makes sense. So if we just, you know, think, well, my reaction is actually they did something not good to me, but then what I did back was also not good. So that was a sin. But we, we confess that. We, we don't lie about it. We say, I really screwed up about that. Uh, that's a, We're blessed then because it says there's no deceit. When we don't deceive ourselves or anyone else, then we're blessed. And here's here's the part that's, that's, that's really... Um, Kind of revealing it says when I kept silent, my bones wasted away. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away. Have you ever felt like that when you kept silent about something that you knew that you messed up about? And God really was, you know, you try to ignore it or try to forget about it or try to justify it or explain it away, and you still feel like, man, I just feel like down into my bones. I don't, I don't feel well, you know? So the person who wrote this psalm, David, um, he's, he's writing this. He was a man of God, but he apparently had the same kind of experiences that we have, that when we don't confess, we don't come to the light, we feel sick. And it says, my strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. And then there's a word here that says selah. That means let's pause. Like pause and let's think about this. Let's just stop here and think. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Now verse five here says, I acknowledged my sin. In other words, I confessed it. That's another way of talking about confession. I, like I admit, I admit my sin to you and I did not cover my iniquity. So we can cover our own sin or 
we can do what's talked about in verse one is we can allow our sin to be covered. Either we cover our sin or God covers our sin. Which one do we want? But when we cover our sin, it doesn't go well for us. We feel sick inside, down to our bones. But when we let Jesus, his blood, cover our sins, we are we feel good. We feel we feel healthy. We feel blessed. So here again, I'll read verse five. I acknowledged my sin. In other words, I admitted my sin to you and I did not cover my own iniquity. I said, I will confess my sins to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my What's sin. Well, I don't know, Mr. Professor, what is iniquity? Well, crime. Crimes. Okay, crimes. So how would you understand this? And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. No, the crimes. The crimes of my sin, maybe the, I don't know, maybe, anybody know? I really don't know. The iniquity of my sin, because you think of iniquity as sin. It sounds like it's a double, like you forgave the sin of my sin. I don't know. Maybe the heaviness, maybe the thing that was like the worst part of my sin. Whatever it is, it sounds like. Like it was good, that the worst part of the sin, the thing that made it really bad, that that's what got forgiven. Now, forgiveness is not just like hiding it, like the way we try to deal with our own sin. It is a removal. Jesus has actually taken away our sins. He says, as far as the east is from the west, or God says, that's how far I removed your sins from you. He's actually taking them away. If he takes them away, why do we want to bring them back? So this is a chance when we are sincere of heart, we're humble, we don't try to cover it up our own way, but we let the blood of Jesus cover that deep iniquity, whatever thing that is of our sin, the, deep, the depths, the yuckiest part of our mess up, then it's a covering that it actually is a removal that you get washed. And it's as far as the east is from the west, he's taken our sins from us and he cleanses us. So it says, you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Therefore, let everyone who is godly, all right? Godly is just wanting to be like God, I think. You know, coming into agreement with what God says. Therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. Okay? And then it goes on in verse seven to say, you are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go, God says. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. So don't be like a horse or a mule without understanding, which has to be curbed with a bit and bridle, or it will not stay near you. And it says, many are the sorrows of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. So, you know, we, we're all, we're always full of troubles, but when we trust in the Lord, you know, to cover our sin, as we confess, then we can be glad and rejoice. So even with shouts of joy, you know, that's what it says here. So I, I, um, I recommend Psalm 32 is a really good song for, for us to keep in mind. And, um, and also James 5. So we've, we've been talking about community, haven't we, for the last couple of weeks. Um, I think maybe like four weeks ago, uh, Lisa talked about 
just she shared different um, scripture about how it's important to not give up meeting together. Like we've struggled to do that throughout the pandemic. We've struggled in the park, meet when it was cold, when it was nasty. We struggled to try to stay together because we know that isolation has done what? It's just it's just made it easier for us to kind of stay in our in our own thinking. We don't have other people to you know encourage us when we're down. We don't have other people to maybe help bring stuff to the light. So we realize that get, we shouldn't give up, you know, meeting together, should we? And there's blessing when um, when we're together. And um, part of part of being together is is learning the ways of Jesus. How did Jesus behave? Well, um, for the last few Bible studies that we've had on Wednesdays and Fridays, we've been talking about how Jesus showed us how we should be with each other in our community, and Jesus even wash the feet of his disciples even though they didn't like that they were outraged like what you didn't wash our feet don't do that and he's saying this is the way you need to be with each other you know you need to like um care about each other in a way that um that makes a difference that shows that you're serving each other and there's all kinds of opportunities that you can do that when someone needs help moving or when somebody is struggling with addiction you know getting down there and the places where someone finds himself in the gutter and another person who cares like hey i didn't see you at church or you know i didn't what happened we were supposed to meet and they're like yeah well i kind of slipped back into addiction oh hey let's just get together and pray about that or i'll come pick you up let's go do something well i lost you know a family member and i'm depressed i'm sticking back into addiction let's get together we can't you can't stay isolated when we stay isolated we stay in the dark by ourselves right and that's what's happened to a lot of us we um, we, we had this thing that just happened spontaneously on Friday when people just started confessing just stuff that those had been heavy on their hearts that happened because of being isolated and just kind of slipping back into old ways. And once one person kind of started uh, sharing uh, something they wanted to confess and felt bad about, and then, and then another person wanted to, and it's like there was just this heaviness that needed to come out. So really, like I said, confession is, is a doorway to freedom. It's not something that should bring shame. It should be something that brings joy. So I want to read to you in, um, in James 5. Um, it says, therefore, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. Healed of what? Well, I'm going to ask Bob to come up because when I was talking, we were talking about this last night, and I said, what do you think? You think this means that if we don't confess, then we're going to have like sickness or something? Or what do you think? What do you think the be healed part? I mean, this should be good news, right? Confess your sins one to another, not just to God, but there's something healthy about what we did on Friday here. So we were confessing to each other in a safe environment where we knew where others weren't going to just go share our stuff. But when we confessed it, we brought it to the light. It's like first is a little apprehension but then you feel this weight lifting because this is not who I am what I did is not who I am it's what I it's what I the enemy convinced me to, to do and I take responsibility but it's not who I am we are child of children of God but how is it you think Bob that when we um, confess our sins that we're healed so we're talking about sin which is another word that can sort of be a hard word to to uh to swallow because it, it can be connected with shame, like, oh, you sinful, 
child and did this, you know. And that's not what what is meant to happen. Sin is is just admitting what Bob we were talking about how sin, what what is really sin? I think sin is just living according to how we just think we should just live according to our own, you know, what's right in our own eyes. And it's just living almost like without God making a difference, right? We just are independently doing our, going about our life. And, uh, you know, we're born into sin, the Bible says. That just means we're born into the world that's messed up. You know, um, Paul talks about as being the authority of darkness or the domain of darkness. I mean, doesn't it seem like we're in a dark kind of world? And just think of all the pressures that are on us. Bills, you know, rent, you know, just so much pressure. Am I succeeding? Do I have enough money to get presents for my kids for their birthdays and cover all the costs? And, you know, um, sin is just the state of being that we live in when we're just going about our lives normally, right? I think. So I was just thinking about how a lot of times we just justify it. We're anxious and anxious anxiety is we think, okay, anxious and being anxious is good because it makes me go to work. Not living by the spirit. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when I'm anxious, I then I think, oh, I better go to work. And then I feel better when I know that I'm having a salary from money coming in. But Jesus says, don't be anxious. But then we justify it. We say, oh, no, anxiety is good because it's what pushes me out the door in the morning. And But, you know, but actually it isn't. You know, it's like we're supposed to trust. Don't be anxious for anything, but in everything through prayer. Make your request known to God. Or Jesus says, don't worry about what you eat, drink, or put on. But we worry, right? And I, I think about myself. I was worried. I mean, I get stressed about different conflicts that were happening in, in around me and in my life and in our, our ministry over, over the years. And troubles, you know, that just in my family. And I noticed that that always would kind of be right around here. I feel it, my gut. Do you guys ever feel like, where do you feel you're... You know, when you're feeling really upset when someone's done you wrong or or you just seem you're troubled, you know. In me, I felt it right here. Your throat, your stomach, your shoulders, your yeah. back. Chest. And so some of us have it in our chest. And so, but for me, I had it right here. And, and then like three years ago, I found a tumor there. And it was turned out it was cancer. And it was like, I thought, wow, I wonder if there's a relationship between all that stress that I felt right there in this tumor that grew right there. Or think about, uh, and then I got, I ended up getting healed from it. But some of that also happened when I started to just learn how to deal with all of my pain through bringing it to God, right? Instead of just, just suffering with it. You know how you can just suffer with pain? You don't know how to bring your pain to God. And so it just twists in your gut and that can cause sicknesses and and anxiety can create heart problems like a lot of us like think about chucky like i don't know i'm not saying that that's where it came from but because that can be there can be other reasons for it but like a lot of heart heart disease comes through us just saying oh yeah anxiety i'm just going to live with it but we're supposed to confess our anxiety say hey jesus i'm not i'm not able to live without anxiety forgive me for just not trusting that you are going to provide for me forgive me for right that kind of thing or, you know, maybe I feel my anxiety in my chest. So the way I deal with it is by filling my chest with substances, you know, smoke that does me good, right? But that maybe it will end up hurting me in the end because maybe I'm going to have a, a lung problem. And so that's where I think disease, you know, sometimes our diseases are related to 
just the way we try to take care of ourselves. Yeah. So I think when you're saying it, it does me good, like you can think, well, for the moment, maybe the smoke maybe relaxes me or alcohol can kind of relax me. But then on the other hand, it can it can make a person, you know, depressed. Like alcohol is a depressant, right? And it can make people even violent or do crazy things or whatever, you know, like, all kinds of yeah. Yeah, I think of another friend, a really good friend who um, I used to visit in the jail like week after week, month after month, year after year. I mean, this person was in and out of the jail a, long, a lot, and I love this person. And uh, at age 28, that person died of cirrhosis of the liver. Okay, and, and that just put me, I almost left him away, but I was so discouraged, so sad, because I just thought, man, I failed to help my friend. I loved him. But then I realized he dealt with his, he, he had a trauma, traumatic upbringing. And the way he dealt with his trauma, with his pain in his life was, he didn't know maybe how to bring it to Jesus and how to get the healing. Instead, he just, just numbed it with alcohol. And he drank these 40s, you know, and the 40s were his, were his downfall, you know. And so disease, right, is related to just our not knowing how to deal with bringing to God a lot of times. So for me, I um, I went through a period where I was really worried about somebody that I cared about a lot to the point where it was keeping me up at night. And I just felt like it was my fault or all up to me. It just seemed like such a heavy burden. And then after a while, I started not being able to eat certain things because I get sick from it. And then I was feeling this pain here after I ate. And I just felt like pretty much I couldn't eat almost anything. And I just got skinnier and skinnier and skinnier and skinnier. And I went, finally went to the doctor and they put that scope down my throat, down my esophagus. And they said, you have ulcers. And I'm like, how do I get ulcers? And he's like, well, is there anything that's bringing you anxiety in your life? I'm like, wow, so anxiety can make holes in my stomach? He's like, yeah, because it causes your stomach to produce acid, which eats away at your stomach. And then the other thing is we have all these nerves that are around our digestive system. And normally they squeeze at these regular intervals. The, the, you know, they, the squeezing happens, you know, but when you're upset, it doesn't squeeze at normal intervals. It squeezes like, like randomly. And that's why your digestion doesn't happen like smoothly like this. It just is going, ah, ah, ah. And, and then so you're not digesting your food properly. It's just, it could just come out fast. Like if you have the runs because you're so anxious, you just, goes right out of you before it even has a chance to to um, give your body nutrition, right? So there is like these amazing examples. It's just shocking about how our, our state of mind and our state of our heart can lead us to like sickness, you know? And, and so I'm just, I'm not, this is not a thing to say, okay, anybody who's sick, it's your, all your fault and you, know, you did something wrong. It's more like our bodies know. Our body keeps the score. There's a book called Our Body Keeps the Score. And our bodies know. You know, it knows. And, and maybe our bodies tell us, they speak to us, you know, in ways like if we're, if we have, you know, constant pain or problems that might be related to something that we need to look at. And I finally realized, even though this person I really care about is going through this hard thing, um, which I can't control, um, it really isn't my job to save them. Only Jesus can save. And so that turned things around for me. I thought, I have a right to actually sleep. I have a right to eat. 
I have a right to be well, despite what other people are doing. And so the people that I worry about, I can, what do I do then? Well, we can just commit these people to the Lord. So I was thinking, why don't we just spend one moment? I know it's, um, we're going to wrap up here, but let's just spend a moment to commit to God the things that really worry us about people we care about, even ourselves, if we're worried about something about ourselves, whatever it is that we need, we just, we just want to commit these things, like take the, the load out of your backpack. You feel like you're just walking around constantly with a backpack full of rocks that don't belong to you, that you're kind of carrying someone else's burden or you're carrying the burden for your family to be a certain way. And we can't change our kids. We can't save our kids. We can't change the people we love. We can't save them. Only Jesus can. So Jesus, we, we name the people in our hearts who we, by accident, or, you know, we just slip into carrying them in our worries and our thoughts to the point where sometimes it even takes our sleep away. It takes away our appetite. It takes away our joy. We think, how can I be happy if this other person is doing bad? And I thank you, Jesus, that you are the only Savior. Thank you that we don't have to carry the burden of saving anybody, that you are the only Savior and that only you can change people. And so we just bless those people who we worry about with a soft heart to be able to hear from you. We bless their wills to be strong, to resist the things that are bringing them down. And we bless their minds to believe the truth that they are, that they are loved by you, regardless of their life circumstance, regardless of how they've been living their lives, that they are still loved and, and that they are a treasure, that they're not a mistake, they're not a loser. We, we commit them to you, knowing that you can make a difference. We bless them in Jesus' name. And we release to you the worries of our life, about our health, the things about our job, our situation where we've messed up. And we do need help from you, Lord Jesus. We need you. Thank you that, that you are a very present help in a time of need, not just when we get our lives together. You're a present help, like a right now help in a time of need. Yeah, and if we, are, if we feel like we, we need to just admit that we're not trusting God, and we're just doing it all with our own strength. That's important to just admit that. That's called confession too, right? You know, it's hard to trust God when you've never been able to trust anybody. And, and then you're supposed to trust this invisible God? Uh, well, yeah, you, that's what it's about. That's faith. And, and so when we're not acting out of faith, but we're just acting out of unbelief, we just need, that's, that's, we just need to confess that and say, Jesus, like, that's how I'm living. I'm living according to my own ways. And, you know, forgive me. I bring it into the light. I, I want to be a person that trusts you. Um, I want to be a person that that believes that you will provide for me. And so I, I, I confess my anxiety that is, uh, I, and I, I forgive me, you know. And I think for us to confess and, and, and confess our actions that come out of, um, out of unbelief. Like some, some of us, we've worked way too hard and we've, and that's kept us away from our kids and that's made us hurt our bodies. And, um, and so maybe years have gone by. And, um, and so we need to, we've, we've done that and it seems like it's been a good thing, but maybe it's come out of unbelief and God wants to, well, God wants us to just chill out and trust and he wants to provide for us in some ways that we haven't yet experienced.
So God, I just pray that you help us to be able to trust you with our lives. And we confess that we don't a lot of times. And we don't want to justify ourselves. We just want to just say that, you know, we're not, we're not living by faith. And we want that to change. So help us and forgive us for our sin. Jesus name. So um, I just want to declare again to all of us that as far as the east is from the west, how far is that? Infinity. That's how far he's removed your trans your transgressions from you and from me. So thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Now, I think I want to go one step further and invite you to receive your forgiveness as a free gift. Because many of us know this in our head that Jesus has forgiven us, but sometimes we say, well, I can't forgive myself or whatever. But I invite you to forgive yourself if you feel like you need to do that. And also receive this gift of forgiveness, a precious gift. The blood of Jesus is the most precious gift, his life for our life. You know, he died for our sins on the cross to free us, to free us. And he's here now. And so why don't you receive your forgiveness in Jesus' name, like a gift. Just even put your hands out if you want to visualize this. Receiving this gift, you don't have to do anything. Grace is his free gift. We just receive this gift. We don't have to do anything to receive it. Just receive it. Receive the gift of your forgiveness, Jesus. Because we pray in your name. Amen.